Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jersey Educator Podcast. My name is Jeff Bradbury. And my name's Jim Boyce. And welcome back to our brand new season of the Jersey Educator Podcast. You are listening to episode number 34. I hope everybody out there is having a great start to a brand new school year. I know we started recently and uh, it has been absolutely amazing. Just before we get into the episode, Jim, how was your summer? Jeff, it went by awfully fast, didn't it? It is uh, early September. I, I can't believe it. We certainly had a fun and busy summer here up in North Jersey. Lots of great stuff happening. And uh, before we go any farther, Jim, there's a few announcements uh, about things that are going to be going on. Of course, as we start our brand new school year, we're all looking forward to the uh, the NJEA convention coming up here in the beginning of November. Jim, it is that time again to start planning. Absolutely, Jeff. Uh, what what are the dates on that? Isn't it November? What is it? November eighth and ninth? It's Would that be it's it? somewhere in there. It's always the week uh, around, or it's always the week of election week. And I am looking forward to a few things. Of course, the teacher cast booth is going to be there one more time. Doing, uh, I think I've got about uh, seventy five or so different sessions that we're doing there. But I'm looking Ooh. forward to uh, you and I getting together for the second year in a row. We're going to be doing a two hour Jersey Educator podcast live from the teachers convention uh jim we we have a good good panel this year yeah we do and um you know our, our annual nj convention it, it's not just for teachers it's for our educational support professionals also anyone working in a public school who's an nja member is invited and jeff we had so much fun last year uh we did a solid Two hours in the booth, everyone from NJA officers stopped by to, I think we even had a couple fans of this show just uh, pop in and we got them on the microphone for at least a little bit. We certainly had both of our fans show up and participate in our <laughs> show. And Jim, I noticed that you said that the, that being a part of the NJA convention is not just for teachers and neither is this podcast. There's, of course, several great ways that you can reach out and be a part of this and all of our shows. Jim, how do they find this show and subscribe? Absolutely, Jeff. Uh, iTunes, just do a search for Jersey Educator. You can also find us on Google Play and your Stitcher player. And uh, we live online at njea.org slash podcast. Now, Jim, you have a, another announcement that you want to share with us today. Uh, over the summertime, you took a new uh, direction with your life. Talk to us a little bit about what's been going on in the NJEA. Oh, wow, Jeff, I did. I... Um... I put in for a transfer at work and uh, I got it. So uh, congratulations. Um, thank you. Previously for almost six years, I had worked for NJA in the organizational development division. And I am now in the Uniserve division uh, working out of Camden County as a Unisurf field representative. And and what does that mean? Because I know that up in Bergen County, where I work, we have uh, representatives too. And every time something happens, I hear... I'm going to go talk to our rep. But what, what, what does this actually mean? What does this role do for our, our association? Jeff, the, the biggest part of my job is working with, uh, I get to work with uh, 16 local association presidents and support them in their work with their members. Um, the local association president uh, being just as powerful as the superintendent in any school district. Uh, no two people have more influence and impact over our kids' uh, uh, learning conditions, our students' learning conditions, which are our members' working conditions. So um, I'm 
I'm connecting with local presidents um, every day, uh, supporting them. I've, I've been in a lot of schools, which has been great. I think on Thursday last week or Wednesday, I might have been in four schools in one day, just uh, hanging out with local presidents, seeing how things are going, and working on some organizing initiatives uh, for the members and the school communities. It's been, Jeff, I'm just having so much fun. It sounds like a fantastic opportunity. It sounds like a busy opportunity. And because of that, uh, we're going to be doing something different here on the upcoming episodes here. We've got a lot of episodes that are scheduled between here and the convention. Jim, talk to us a little bit about what's happening with this episode today. Absolutely, Jeff. Uh, This is our first uh, in a, a series of guest hosts. So we are inviting a member on this show and on our upcoming shows, different members to uh, guest host for us. Uh, this show will feature uh, E.K. Chuku Anyema of the East Orange uh, School District in Essex County. And he's bringing a friend of his on the show named T.J. Whitaker of the South Orange Maplewood School District. And uh, they're going to have a conversation about uh, the organizing initiatives that uh, TJ has going on in the South Orange Maplewood community. Now, when we're looking at the next couple weeks, who else do we have as our guest host here? Well, uh, so next week we've got lined up um, someone else I know very well. Her name is Okaikor Ari Price. Uh, she is a, uh, a, a professor at Montclair University. And she does a lot of organizing work uh, around the state with NJA and with organizations like EduColor. So she's coming on the show with a friend of hers next week. And after that, uh, we have a member named Kim Crane who works in the Highland Park School District. Uh, She will also be a guest host. And I've talked to each of them, and and they're really looking forward to the opportunity, Jeff, to come on the podcast and interview a friend of theirs to – Spread the word about just great things going on around the state. And of course, before we get to our interview segment today, which is a very amazing interview section here, um, there are, of course, several great things that you out there as a New Jersey Educator Association member can do because we want to hear from you. This show is set up to support teachers, uh, union members from all across the state. If you guys have stuff that you'd like to announce, if there's things on your calendar, if you guys are sponsoring a bowling event, Jim, I don't know. If there's things that we can share with our membership, please reach out. Jim, what is the email? that people can go to to uh, to share what's going on and uh, even become a guest on our show here. Uh, Jeff, the email is podcast at njea.org. And if you check out the brand new website over at njea.org, you'll notice that this very podcast is listed on the front page. Please take a moment because when you click on that link, it takes you directly to iTunes. And of course, you can subscribe there. Jim, why don't you introduce our guest host for the episode? Absolutely, Jeff. Uh, coming back on the show is E.K. Chuku Anyema. Uh, our listeners will remember E.K. E. Chuku or E.K. Uh, from a past show. Uh, he's a chemistry teacher at East Orange Campus High School in Essex County. Um, I've been fortunate to work with E.K. Uh, all over the state uh, through NJA and its apprentice program. And I'm a big fan of E.K.'s newest project called the Soul Era. Uh, EK, welcome back onto the show. Thank you so much, Jim. I'm looking forward to being the guest host for today. Uh, great, great, EK. And uh, who have you brought on to the, to the show? All right. So today for the show, we have TJ Whitaker. 
TJ Whitaker is a veteran educator of 15 years. He's currently in the Maplewood South Orange School District where he teaches English. In addition to coaching girls basketball, he advises several student clubs, including the Black Students Union, Max Scholars, and MAPSO Freedom School. TJ balances these all while pursuing his PhD in global affairs at Rutgers Newark and tirelessly engaging uh, in local community activism. He's also a husband of 15 years and a father of three children. TJ Whitaker is my friend, mentor, and comrade. Welcome, TJ. Thanks for having me, EK. Glad to be here. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So why don't we kick this right off and um, maybe begin with your your practice as a classroom teacher. Um, what are some of your top priorities in a classroom and what do you hope to accomplish as an educator for your students? Um, I, well, as an educator, um, my major goal is to contribute um, to my students' development as critical thinkers. Um, and, and without going into too much detail, um, it's just important to be able to um, acknowledge the power differentials, um, whether it's in our literature um, or in our society. And when, as a teacher, I understand that um, in many cases, some students walk into the classroom um, with an unearned advantage just because of who they are, whether it's because of their gender or their race. Um, and it's important to understand um, and I try to communicate that to my students um, in our lessons. Wow, um, that's amazing. Now, before you got into the classroom, I know you were also engaged in a lot of community organizing. How, what was your introduction to community organizing? EK, man, I had I had the tremendous fortune and, and I never forget, um, one of my first uh, mentors was the former um, Black Panther and political prisoner uh, by the name of Daruba Ben Wahad. Um, he spent 19 years in prison um, as a result of COINTELPRO, the FBI's COINTELPRO program. Um, and it was through him uh, and his wife at the time, Tana Kill Jones, um, we had an organization called the Campaign to Free Black and New African Political Prisoners and Prisoners of War. Uh, we met twice a month. We studied, uh, we did political prisoner visits upstate New York. Um, we did community organizing against police brutality. Um, and it was probably one of the most important and impactful organizations to me, to my personal development. Wow. And you talk about doing organizing against police brutality. That really segues into some recent activities that I know you've been engaged in and I've been engaged with you in this work. Um, in Maplewood recently, uh, Maplewood, New Jersey, police chief uh, Robert Semino, uh, in the town where you still currently teach, he was mm -hmm. sacked. Thanks in part to your work, our work, um, describe the situation that happened in Maplewood, New Jersey, and what led to his uh, ultimate um, suspension. Well, yeah, it was um, over a year ago. So it was July 5th of 2016. July 4th, fireworks had been rained out. Um, Post-fireworks situation, kids are trying to walk home um, down Valley Street in Maplewood. Um, an alleged fight occurs, which never appeared on uh, the police blotter or any video cameras. An alleged fight um, was the pretense used uh, by the, the chief of police to block off the street um, and herd over 100 kids out of Maplewood and into Irvington. It was his belief that these black children um, did not actually live in Maplewood. Um, he took that uh, upon himself. 
Um, it was only after a year of organizing and, and keeping the story alive um, that we were finally able to get the video released. And um, once that happened, I mean, everything that our youth um, said happened to them was 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 verified, you know, on the video. Um, one young man was um, without provocation, was tackled um, by an officer. Um, six officers uh, ensued beating on him. A seventh officer walks into the video, kicked him in the head and then continued to walk on. Um, it was after that video was released um, on National Night Out, to be uh, exact, that we had um, uh, a protest that we, we, we termed Justice Night Out. Um, we shut down the National Night Out in Maplewood. We then proceeded to go to the township council meeting where the town council actually voted unanimously to suspend Chief Semino and his captain. Um, and they, uh, they, they voted unanimously to call for his immediate resignation. Um, so he did not immediately resign, uh, and we're still in the, the holding pattern for that right now. Wow. Um, I'm thinking about all of the direct actions that were carried out after this event occurred, and I'm contrasting it with the work of other organizations that are in the community. Um, there are other organizations that have been, you know, quote unquote, at least dedicated to some of the civil rights challenges in the local community of Maplewood. What precisely would you say uh, sets apart the organizing work that you do from the established organization to make work? Well, actually, in one of the earlier questions, we talked about that political development in the campaign to free black and African political prisoners. So it was there where, you know, we learned that that our conditions determine our reality. And when we allow others to define our reality, it will often be defined in a way that will disempower us, right? And so we have to define our own reality. The Community Coalition on Race is stuck in a place where the national narrative defines their reality. Um, for those of us in the Maxwell Freedom School, for those of us who are more grassroots oriented, um, the reality of the experiences we have with the police on a daily basis define our work. The reality that our students have in the classroom on a daily basis defines that work. And so if it means calling into question um, some administrators in our building, if it means calling into question um, Board of Ed policy, um, if it impacts our students negatively, then we have to be willing to do that. Um, and that's kind of the difference because in many ways, um, some of the organizations that you're referring to, not only do they not stand up for our youth, but they actively embrace those who would do them harm. And that includes the police, that includes some school administrators, that includes some board of ed members. Um, and when that happens, they have to be called out as well. It's, um, it's, it's one of the joys for me, uh, being an educator as well as a community organizer alongside you, because I feel like I have my feet on the ground in terms of organizing circumstances that determine our reality. I have, I have like a tactile pulse on all of it. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I think what you're saying is that others and other organizations, because they're not on the ground, they're not mm -hmm. based on a regular enough basis, they lose sense of those circumstances and they're beholden to, as you were saying, the national circumstances. In the in the power players, they, and they, exactly, 
appeasing them as they are remedying the circumstances on the ground. And in many instances, some of those very individuals are in the organization. And so what happens is the, the, the lines, right, that should separate are often broken. And so then when an issue arises where accountability has to, comes into play, um, it's hard for that to happen because now that, you know, these relationships have developed where, um, you know, sadly, our youth are sacrificed, um, you know. Yeah. And, and this not only manifests with, you know, local civil rights and, you know, mm -hmm. organizations that are on the ground. This also manifests in policy, public policies, mm -hmm. direct impact on us. Now, I think one of the better policies that have come out, especially in the field of education, was the Amistad Commission Bill, which was signed into law about 15 years ago. Then Black history being used inside not only the social social studies classrooms, but the, uh, the humanities at large. Uh, can, I know you had an experience with the Amistad professional development this summer. Can you describe your experience? My my it was it was absolutely phenomenal. It was three days of professional development, which I will never forget. Um, three specific uh, keynote presenters, just um, Professor Leslie Wilson uh, from Montclair State uh, gave some excellent history on um, Emmett Till and the legacy of lynching, which was the, the, the theme for the three days. Uh, uh, Kenneth Bouchon um, spent about 10 years uh, developing this uh, documentary, award-winning documentary on Emmett Till. Um, he was the second presenter um, and was phenomenal. But I have to say, um, Dr. Caritha Mitchell from Ohio State University, she's in the, uh, in the English department there. She did a presentation entitled The Responsible, uh, Responsible Teaching in a Violent Culture. It was about a three-hour lecture, and E.K., the entire room was riveted. You could hear a pin drop. Um, the concepts, you know, she, you know, referred to in, in terms of, again, some of the things I talked about earlier, um, you know, unearned advantage and, and citing the power differential. Um, I mean, the things that she does in her class are just phenomenal. And so, um, yeah, I, it was my first time at Amistad. And I'm so glad that I was, you know, this was this was my first time and I'm really intending to, to go back. Um, and it's already um, kind of served um, some positives because yesterday, I don't, you know, as you know, we held a teach-in um, locally uh, at the Columbia High School. And many of the concepts that, um, you know, I just talked about from the uh, Amistad Institute were included in, in my presentation yesterday. And so it's paying like immediate dividends. Yes, indeed. And you referenced the teaching that we carried out yesterday, uh, sponsored and hosted uh, by the um, Abso Freedom Schools organization mm -hmm. that we co-founded last year. Uh, and it was in response to the Charlottesville tragedy that happened mm -hmm. uh, earlier, or rather you know, last month in August mm -hmm. year. Um, I think that teaching was certainly an example of responsible teaching in a mm -hmm. violent culture. Uh, unfortunately, though, there's been some interesting legislation that has come through the pike pipeline. Bill uh, and this is a bill that was sponsored in part uh, by Sheila Oliver as well as others. Uh, she's the candidate of Bill Murphy. This bill requires school districts to provide instruction on interacting with law enforcement in social studies. What's your take on this legislation? 
Um, I, well, I'm I'm opposed to it. I'm a totally opposed to it. And the reason why, EK, is because, um, you know, I think it puts the onus on children uh, to navigate a life and death situation as opposed to the adults who also are carrying, you know, um, threatening force in terms of uh, the weapon that they carry. I, I just don't think that um, the onus should be on children. Um, if we just look at the incidents that have happened over the last three, five, 10, 20, 30 years, um, and we can go beyond. Um, it's not It's not the children, it's not um, you know, the victims. And, and quite often, folks are doing exactly what the police asked them to do, and they lose their lives. And so I don't think it's a situation where the people or children um, should be uh, ha have a curriculum. I think it's more important for the police to get some training um, and how to de-escalate to, for the police to get some training. And then it, it actually goes beyond that because truth be told, um, the, the police union is the problem, right? It's not this, this bill. Um, what happens even when police, in, in the rare cases that they are held accountable, quite often through the appellate courts, all right, they're released, they get out, um, they're found, you know, not guilty. And, and that's where the issue is. There's no accountability. As long as the police are operating as the enforcement arm of the state, right, which they do, uh, as long as they, they operate as the enforcement arm of the state without impunity, we're going to continue to have these situations. They will continue to be found not guilty and released on appellate court. Uh, TJ, I couldn't agree with you more. I think you placed... Uh... I think you nailed it in terms of the accountability squarely with the police unions. The union and labor movement certainly is supposed to be responsible to the laborers mm -hmm. and in this world more broadly. And sometimes I wonder um, where the allegiance of the police union lies, especially when you're defending them for killing those that are in this class as them. Now, when we think about the labor you the labor union and the labor movement, we're certainly part of a large uh, labor union, the NJEA. Yeah. The significant amount of work that you do is accomplished outside of the NJEA and your local. Um, describe your union participation. In what ways has the union been supportive of you and your mm -hmm. work? And are there recommendations that you have for the NJEA? Um, well, yeah, I've been a union member uh, since I joined um... <coughs> Columbia High School in, in 91. Um, um, for a year or two, I served as the action chair um, during our negotiations, contract negotiations. And I think during one of those uh, negotiations, I had a little more success than anticipated. And the next year I found myself as the vice president of the union. Um, so I did that for about a year. And then sadly, man, it was some of the union politics um, forced me to just, you know, I realized that I think I could do more as just a rank and file member. Um, I, I, yeah, I think there's some, some commitments that we have to, so some decisions that we have to make. Um, and the main one is it can't just be about um, our benefits, right? Our union membership, our union activism cannot just be about our benefits. We have to, in, in 1994, the NEA um, produced a document called Social Movement Unionism. Like, you should check it out if you get a chance. I'm not, you might already be familiar with it. But in 1994, 
Social movement unionism was the call. We have to center ourselves in the center of the struggles of the students and the families that we serve. And when we do that, we will not only empower ourselves, we coalesce, right? We become a part of coalitions, right? In, within the communities that we serve and our movement becomes that much stronger. Um, when we approach this work solely as teaching professionals, um, that's when we begin to, I think, develop, you know, enemies where we could have potential allies, major allies. Thank you so much for laying that very important point out. Certainly one of my strongest commitments in the union work that I do, trying to gear uh, the work that I do through the union is work that enhances the social movements mm -hmm. occurring on the ground. But we have so much more work to do on that note. Um, thank you so much, TJ. Are there any final comments? Uh, about any upcoming events or activities that you would like to share? Um, well, I mean, quickly, we have, um, just in light of the, the situation that happened last July, um, we're having a truth and reconciliation hearing this Thursday um, at Columbia High School in Maplewood. We're calling for you know all citizens and, and young folks to come out and speak about their experiences um, under the, this police chief over the last 17 years. Um, and the plan is just to submit that um, information to um, a consulting firm that the, the township hired um, in the hopes of cementing uh, Chief Semino's, um, you know, suspension and firing, but also to begin to turn the page in terms of making some systemic changes um, in the local department. TJ Whitaker, thank you so much for sharing your time with us this evening for the Jersey Educator podcast. It's been a wonderful pleasure being the guest host for this podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Jim, I got to tell you, a great guest host, a fantastic conversation. And I have to say, it's a conversation that we need to have more and more, not only in our association, but on shows just like this one. Absolutely, Jeff. I was really hanging on to every word of that conversation between EK and TJ. Um, more and more, um, you know, across uh, New Jersey, across the country, these conversations are happening, and it's good that uh, the NJA is, um, you know, uh, making space for, for these things to happen and through things like Jersey Educator, uh, getting these members' voices out there because they are the experts and they are uh, really on the front lines of all this um, and, and just bringing it to more, more and more people. And I think that is such a great response to everything that's going on, as you said, over the summertime, some of the events over the country. And if you are listening to this and something like this moved you, please let us know. Jim, how do they get a hold of us? What is that email address again? Jeff, it's podcast at njea.org. And of course, we appreciate it when you subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, anything. Leave us a comment. Leave us a rating. Now, Jim, before we get out of here, we have some congratulations to mention in the NJA. We have a, a new administration. Is that uh, is that the case here? Uh, that's correct. A new um, team of officers uh, took over on September 1st to lead the NJA, the 200,000-member New Jersey Education Association, uh, Marie Bliston, a, um, a teacher from uh, Washington Township School District, um, moved from uh, one election as president and started on 
September 1st. And we have Sean Spiller, a uh, teacher from Wayne, New Jersey, uh, as vice president. And Steve Beatty, a teacher from the Bridgewater Raritan School District, uh, coming in as our secretary treasurer. So, Jeff, as of September 1st, the new leadership team at NJA. And I noticed they are on the cover of this month's NJA Review Magazine with a uh, a great, very extensive article uh, inside. I noticed that we got bumped from the cover, but that's okay, Jim. <laughs> that is certainly okay. There, there, for, uh, there's 11 other months in the calendar year here, so <laughs> we will certainly make it up maybe around that convention. Don't forget the uh, NJEA convention is coming up in the middle of uh, of November. We, of course, hope to see you there. Jim, I got to tell you, 34 episodes. We have a lot of great things to go. I hope you guys out there are listening and have uh, enjoyed the interview segment. We are looking forward to episode 35 coming out shortly. On behalf of everybody here on the journey, Jersey Educator Podcast. My name is Jeff Bradbury. And my name is Jim Boyce. Reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions in New Jersey.